0: What's up everybody? I am Tarek Merchant and welcome to I'm Recruitable TV. Today, um, we're going to be talking about common recruiting mistakes. Um, I'm Recruitable TV is all about bringing you the unfiltered, no BS information, education, and advice on college sports recruiting. Um, I'm here along with my sidekick at John Sklnar.
1: How's it going? Let's get into this.
0: All right, perfect. So... Uh, this is episode nine, we've come a long way already. We've given a lot of great advice to everybody. But when we talk about common recruiting mistakes, um, this is something that people do year and year um, out because it's it, recruiting is not something that you're doing for the rest of your life. It's not skills you're necessarily learning or have acquired. So it's a one and done type uh, process that you're going through. It gives you great reward and has a lifetime uh experience and and gain from it but uh people need to understand what they should not do and so we're going to highlight some stuff here so yeah a lot of uh, people
1: know what they should be doing but they don't know what they shouldn't be doing and what they shouldn't be doing could you know cause some uh circumstances to happen so
0: yeah i'm excited for this one i guess it's good for people to know that like you can't really make a mistake that's going to change the course of your recruitment though. You know, we don't want to scare people by saying, Hey, look, you know, if you make this mistake, like you're done, you're not going to get recruited. No schools aren't going to like you, but it's things to avoid and mistakes. People make um, based on assumption more than anything or lack of education. That's why they're common, right? Common recruiting mistakes. Exactly. All right. So let's start off here. Okay. Waiting too long. So, uh, this comes in a variation of stuff. Um, Starting with the first thing, which is always the biggest one. When do I start recruiting? Well, most people wait too long. Grade nine is when you want to start the recruiting process. That doesn't mean that that's when you're going to be contacting, communicating, going on visits and getting offers from coaches, but you need to be prepared for all of that. You need to have been scouted. You need to be on the coaches' radars. You also need to take care of a lot of things on your end, uh, not only with test scores or preparation, but also understanding the recruiting landscape so you want to make sure that you're prepared for all the stuff that's going to come but there are things that you start doing so people wait way too long for that I think it's because they're they're scared to get into it but um, you know we have a ton of recruiting information uh, on our website that gives you guys timelines on what you could be doing each semester starting in grade nine so uh, don't be shy. You gotta contact coaches um, at the appropriate times. You can even make an introduction in your freshman, sophomore year. You might not get replies depending on the divisions and there's information on that as well that we have. But the point is you gotta get started and um, you have to lead the charge. So um, as a student athlete, you're in charge of your recruiting process and you you only are gonna get the results Can people support you? Yes. So is your coach going to support you or your coaches, your teammates, your parents, anybody else that you have in your corner that might be helping you with the process, whether it's a counselor, a recruiting coach, whatever it is, they're there to guide you and help you and give you actionable takeaways. But ultimately, you as a student athlete are in charge. What do you say, John? I agree 100%. I've been through it. There you go. So no one else is going to do it for you. It's not anybody else's life. It's yours. So for the parents listening out there, um, let your kid do it. Let them make some mistakes. That's fine. That's understood. Everybody makes mistakes, but that's how you learn. And that's how you ultimately find a good fit.
1: It was a surprise for my parents. I ended up in New Mexico. They didn't know till a week before I'm like gone. Yeah. So.
0: I'd say I had a great experience too, because, um, my parents gave me support tools. You know, they helped me um, find good people that could that could guide me and, and right. coach me through the process. But uh, ultimately, I was in charge, and I I was motivated, and I made it happen. And I think I made good decisions because of that. Um, if if you just watch people do it for you, it's it's not the same effect. I agree. So that goes into the second part here: not taking action. This is another mistake. Um, people. People make in this process, and so um, waiting for coaches. You know, like a lot of times, people take they think that the action should come from the coaches, not from the players. It's really a two way street. And to be honest, uh, unless you're playing at the highest level, sort of the the one percent athletes, your blue chips, your top five stars, coaches. Some coaches are going to come to you, but a lot of the coaches that are going to come to you aren't even are going to be like your safety schools. And anybody else um, that's hitting you up is, you know, finding you through some some shape or form, but you're going to have to do the communication and take action. You're going to have to play a lead role in um, being aggressive with college coaches and saying, hey, look, you know, I've done my research. I've followed your team. I really like what your school has to offer athletically and academically. And I feel like I can contribute. So I want to be on your team. I want to have a chance to be on your team and um, a lot of the coaches are looking for that and there's a group of coaches out there from schools that get so many inquiries that that's all they need to do they don't need to necessarily go out and scout everybody other than the top players and they let everybody else who's maybe not an impact player like their all-star recruit to come to them and there's enough great players that are saying all the things that I just said that uh, that's what they're doing they're picking and choosing from there is it fair is it you know, what you necessarily want or think and feel. No, everybody wants to feel like they should get recruited and yeah, come to me, the coach came to me. But the reality is there's not enough hours in the day. There's not enough resources in most sports. And so, um, you know, it's not like they got this whole staff in every sport just dedicated to scouting players and reporting to the head coach. So, you know, there, this is how you got to do it. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. All right. Next one here: not contacting enough schools. So you know, I, I touched about this just a second ago. You know, if you're not a blue chip five star athlete, um, the recruiting process is is a numbers game. So you're trying to go after a big, large number of schools. You're casting a wide net, and then you're narrowing down your search. And coaches of all levels are doing that too. And it's just, um, limited at the highest levels. So, you know, if the top top schools in the country, the number one basketball team and football team and baseball team, well, they get to pick and choose. So they, they select their maybe 10 players, 20 players, 30 players, and they're trying to snag a certain number of them. And their, their conversion ratio is really good because they're one of the top teams in the country. And the same thing happens for the players. You know, They're getting scouted by those 10, 20, 30 teams, and they're picking and choosing who they want to play for. But for 99% of us, the rest of us, it's the opposite. It's a numbers game. You're going after 50, 100, maybe more schools. You're figuring out who may have interest. You're narrowing down that list and going from there. Um, You have a better chance of getting a roster spot and finding scholarships when you are working with numbers and you have options. Um, So so I think that's super important. Um, You may have to email a ton of coaches multiple times and uh, get answers from them. So thinking that you can just email once and get feedback and a handful of schools, that's not going to cut it. So yeah, coaches um, also
1: have, um, you know, personal lives, personal matters that they attend to. Um, They're getting, you know, a lot of emails per day. um, You know, so, you have to also have some patience with um, some coaches, of course. And I think that leads up to some of these next topics as well. Yeah. but
0: And the thing that with, with not contacting enough schools is I think a lot of people wait, you know, they'll, they'll go to their top 10 favorite schools or their dream schools only. And then they're just waiting for them. Like you said, it, it could take a while for those coaches to get back to you. It could take months. I mean, it depends where they're at in the recruiting process as well. And so, Getting out feelers with with many many coaches from all different levels, of, uh, you know divisions, and making sure you contact all the levels of the game that that you can p- potentially play at, then you have a good um, opportunity of of finding out where your opportunities really lie.
1: Right. You also don't want to be too late on contacting some of these other schools that are potential good fits, and then you know they could have admission deadlines or whatnot if you're you know in your senior year already and you know find out these other schools that you haven't contacted yet which you could have or might be too late so
0: yeah all, all about everything here that we're talking about and for everyone listening like it all relates to each other right so you know like you said we're just now john made a great point you know some people have admit there are schools that have admissions deadlines that, that can't alter that if you're an athlete that don't have rolling admissions that have strict dates. So waiting too long. That's the whole process when he get set up in grade nine and you, and you understand the timeline and what you need to do and how you can build those lists and make sure that you're not uh, falling behind, then you're in good shape. Right. All right. Go on the next one and I'll let you take it away, Johnny. All right. Sending in personal
1: emails. So what that means pretty much is if you want a coach to be interested in you, you have to be interested in them. So again, we're not asking um, you know for you to do your homework on you know the coach's background necessarily or where he or she played college or you know what type of stats they might have. but more so, what you brushed up um, on earlier was you know know about the program, uh, know what type of level they are, what type of academics they have there you know, um, you know, a little bit more about the program and the school itself. So, you know, you can tie this into your email and it just sounds a lot more personal. Like you again, the one thing that I always mention on a lot of these episodes is do your research. So if you do your homework and do your research, add that information in the email and it's it's just going to be more eye catching to coaches and coaches are going to appreciate that. You know, you've actually done your research rather than, you know, just sending them a link to maybe your recruiting profile or just your athletic stat, whatever it is, um, you know. So do your research, put a little bit more into the email, more of a personal touch, and it's going to catch the eye of coaches. And more than likely, you'll get a response from them.
0: Yeah, a little insider tip is coaches are always going to tell you if you if you're at an event and they're speaking or you know they're just they're educating a little bit that hey you know don't send me the generic email and. You know, I don't want to see you accidentally put the wrong school and stuff. And of course, that happens because you're hitting up a lot of coaches. They don't want you to hit up a lot of coaches, but the reality is you do because you know they they want to have the chance to recruit everyone. So that right. that's okay. But the personal emails, like yeah, you got to throw in a one or two liner in there to make them feel uh, that they're they're wanted. Everybody wants to feel wanted. They uh, have interest. And, yeah, and and vice versa. You know, like when when a coach messages you. Um, don't think that majority of coaches aren't telling each other, you know, when they go to conferences and, and learn about how to recruit players that they're getting told the same thing. Hey, make it personal, make them feel special. Um, and ask, you know, if you know about their family or something, ask how they're doing, um, any little detail helps. And I think that, uh, it just it's that little extra touch.
1: Yeah. Which kind of ties in again to the next topic here is don't go unnoticed so stand out right Um, these coaches get you know hundreds of emails every day Um, whether someone is even helping you through the recruiting process like you mentioned before maybe a coach or a friend or you know whatever the case is um, they want to hear from the recruit right so like you mentioned as well is take charge of your own recruiting process. So they want to hear from the recruits again, um, stand out, which means, you know, be the one first in line, uh, be the one sending the emails, be the ones adding that personal touch in the emails and let the coach just get a better understanding of who you are and why you want to be on their
0: team. Yeah. I mean, putting a picture on your, I'm recruitable profile, for example, could help you stand out. Cause, believe it or not, a lot of kids don't do that. Um, right. Saying something to the coach, as you said, adding a personal line, anything, you know, like, when, there are certain people that if you're at an event, or you go to a party, or something happens, some people stand out, there's a way to do it, you either gonna, maybe you're, you dressed a certain way, and you're kind of stand out there, and people notice, oh, remember that guy or that girl who was, you know, wearing that that hat, or that shirt or that whatever it was um, people remember those things or how about you're the one player that just comes up to the coach during a a combine or a showcase or something and says hey you know I'd love to play for you I'd I'd follow your team great win last week you know I'm I'm John by the way whatever it is okay cool you know that might stand out Um, any which way you can stand out whether it's through your game and, and being the hardest worker or being a leader or catching people's attention. It's important.
1: You were you were that guy in college, right, Tarek? You were the standout.
0: I was the standout because I won.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: go. so having your parents contact coaches for you. Huge mistake. Now, it happens all the time. Let's not lie. Parents are gonna tell you, oh, I didn't write the email. They wrote the email. I've seen a million emails that coaches have sent me or shown me. And it's like, you can't disguise it. I'm sorry, but you can't be an adult, a parent and pretending to write like a 17, 18, 19 year old boy or girl. Right. It, just, and, it and just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, sorry to jump in here, but the main <laughs> question before you continue is who's going to college? Yeah, is well, it, is,
0: so, sometimes, okay.
1: you know, it's- Parents aren't going to college. No. They already went to college, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, the recruit is the one that's going to college. So
0: again, continue. Who, who do the coaches want to hear from? The recruit. The recruit. And um, I, think, I think one of the reasons though, John, is that the parents, they want to protect their kid. And this again is the recruiting mistake. Like there's nothing that a recruit can really say or do other than literally, I say like flick somebody off. It's like, unless you really just tell someone to, to to, you know whistle dixie like you're not going to do anything that these coaches are going to say oh i don't want to recruit that kid anymore like you know uh you they understand that you may not ask the perfect question or say the perfect thing or that you know if if you happen to to miss something in an email or whatever the case may be it's not that big of a deal because coaches we're all humans we all miss stuff we all make mistakes and that coaches are looking to mentor you and help you, as long as you're a good person and you mean well, then good things right. can happen.
1: Yeah, the parents can do the same, right? They can mentor their kids, obviously, and kind of help them out in some way. But again, let let the, let the your kids, you know, take charge of the recruiting process, especially in the early stages, because, you know, once you get to the later stages, you start talking about, you know, finances and things like this, where, you know, the parents are more involved. So I understand if the parents, you know, jump in there. But, you know, throughout the early stages and a majority of the stages, you know, the recruit should be taking the charge and being the one doing the process.
0: Yeah. Parents do not contact coaches. They don't want to hear your spiel about how great you, they think you think your son or daughter is. And the best one is like, you know, like I, I know I'm the parent, but, you know, aside from that, trust me, my kid really is this, we've heard it because I I, I I we hear I, this quote unquote from coaches, yeah, yeah. so it's. I mean, it's. But I honestly think my kids are the greatest too. I always tell everybody. Yeah. I think they literally did something magical. It just is. It's 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 human nature. It's parenting. So yeah, let your kids do it. Let them understand. Let them learn those skill sets. And um, you know, let them sell themselves. You don't want to be doing that. That's a huge turnoff for coaches. Big mistake. All right. Um, underestimating the importance of academics. Uh, wow. So this again goes all the way back to waiting too long, not starting early enough academics plays a huge role. Majority of athletes are going to go to a school where there's a pretty rigorous academic requirement, regardless of you being an athlete. So there's some schools that are actually going to say, Hey, uh, to a coach. You want this athlete on their your team? That's fine. They got to meet the, the regular admission requirements. I don't care that they're going to be a superstar for your team. Some schools might say there's a slightly relaxed um, academic status that you need or grades that you need to get into the school because you're an athlete. And some schools are going to be fair, very lenient, but the vast majority are going to be less lenient. So academics Play a huge role in your admissions that's why it's called college sports not sports college right you're, you're going there athlete that's right you're going there for an education you're going there for an education um we're the first people tell you i know people get caught up we all get caught up initially when you're in high school and you're trying to get recruited you're you're very focused on your sport a lot of players at least And they forget about academics. But then once you become a sophomore, junior, and you're getting towards the end of your college career, you realize that you're no longer gonna be playing that sport. And now you're looking into doing something with your academics and into a job career. So the academics become more important to you, but they're important all the way across. And um, it's also super important to have great academics because majority of athletes are not getting full athletic scholarships. They're not getting full rides. So if less than 1% are getting it, then what are the 99% of athletes doing? Well, they're looking to, if they're gonna get a scholarship outside of division three, they're looking to get academic money and they're looking to couple that academic money with athletic money to make it a bigger scholarship. And academic money is far easier to get than athletic money. And it's also easier to keep because you're not competing against another person for that money you're just going against the numbers. And so there's unlimited, you know, if, if you, in order for you to keep your academic scholarship, for example, at a school, you have to have a 3.0 GPA. Well, you and the other 50 kids that might be on that scholarship can all get a 3.0. But when you're in sports, you're either a starter or you're a backup. You're either winning a match or losing a match, right. you know? And so you're actually competing against that person rather than against uh, the number. Or yourself, right? Yeah. All right.
1: All right. So, what do we have here? Thinking social media is in social. Well, college uh, coaches usually, um, you know, they're pretty serious about monitoring recruits' social media profiles and also their own players on the team, right? Um, Social media can be can get a right or wrong impression, right? So, yeah. you know, we have your TikTok now, your Instagram, Twitter, you know, even Facebook, whatever the case is. We're, we're in a day and age where, you know, social media is very popular, right? Uh, kids like their followers. They like to post things. Um, again, it all comes down to college coaches are recruiting um, you for – four years right so they want you on your team for four years and they want to know what type of person you're going to be right so you could be the best at your sport in your state in your town or what in your high school whatever the case is you could be a standout recruit in that sense like athletically uh potentially academically as well but is it going to be a good fit for the coach? So, you know, you could be posting, you know, whether you're partying every single night or doing cake stands or whatever the case is, you know, some coaches don't want to deal with certain type of, of kids. Right. Yeah. So again, you just got to be very careful of what you're posting, how you're impersonating yourself on social media. And, you know, again, just not all coaches, but there are coaches that, you know, do watch that uh, pretty closely and again at the end of the day they're recruiting you for four years they want you to be on their team for four years you're going to be a family so they want to make sure you know they're recruiting the right person outside of you know your stats and like your athletic stats and academic stats
0: yeah I think that image you know you have to portray a certain image right online I mean uh, some of the players that are going to listen to this go are going to go on to play in front of You know, tens of thousands of fans. And there's people that consider you guys role models. No matter what sport you play, you could be, uh, you know, uh, in any sport, volleyball, you could be a golfer, you could be anything. And uh, you may not draw a big crowd like basketball and football does in terms of of games, but um, the community is involved. There's followers at every school. There's an alumni base. So people are wanting you to, to put on a good show, to do your best, to be a great student athlete and to showcase yourself as a as a leader in the community and so whatever you do in your life you just yeah unfortunately that's the way it is. You have to play, play pretty low key, you know. I know people like to go out like hey, we're we're on this show and on the record, off the record whatever you want to call it. Like people like to have fun. No one's stopping you from having fun. There are certain things you have to abide by obviously if you're playing in the NCAA and stuff and when you get to college, but like, you know, you can't, um, you just have to really be careful on what you're, you're sharing. I know so many stories, I've, I've seen so many players and coaches, both. So it's not just the players, it's coaches too that are representing, that are posting stuff or have posted stuff that has cost them a job, that has cost them a, a new job, that has cost them an opportunity to get recruited or play for a team or get kicked off a team just by doing something stupid, silly, you know, it's, um, you know, social, the one thing with social media is that like, even when you delete posts sometimes those linger, people take screenshots, people have them in their memories. And stuff. Right. so, um, I, I, it's a really good point, John, that you make, we got to make sure that, uh, as the world is continuing to become even more social and the TikToks and stuff are coming out now, um, there's just more platforms, so they're silly platforms yeah. too, you know, and they can have a lot of fun there, but you gotta be careful how much- fun Social you media
1: have. is huge. We all know that. So just, again, be careful how you use it and, you know, make sure you're
0: portraying the right image. All right. So we're down to targeting colleges that aren't a match. Um, big mistake people make is everybody is going after the top schools. I don't blame you, do you? i am blaming nobody because everybody wants to play for a good team or what they see on TV, you know, especially in the basketball, football world, which is televised. And that's where we, no matter what sport we're playing, where that's, that's what we, we like. And so, Oh, it would be great. We grew up with
1: too, right? As kids, we grew up with watching these top name schools,
0: you know, and the reality is there's like 25 teams, maybe 50 teams that are, Selling their brand on the next level, you know, you go into a store, you can grab a cool hat and the shirt. Alabama, this UCLA, that you know, uh, Duke, this. So that's what people are targeting, but unfortunately, they're not always a match for everyone. Again, one uh, percent or less go to those type of schools in every sport. So where's your reality everywhere else? Now, might sound discouraging, but it's the truth, and it's. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have an amazing experience. So, you got to target the right schools. And, um, you know, one of the things that you can do that you should do is when you start early and you start to get educated, you know, and you build an, a profile, you build a free profile, and I'm recruitable. Um, we've built that for you guys to filter out searches and figure out what recruiting needs. Um, and coach requests are, are being asked by these colleges, what academic profiles they have, what standards they have, um, filtering out the selectivity of the academics and athletics. This will help you understand based on your skill level. And then you have all the websites for whatever sport is, whether it's Rivals or um, Scout or you know, every sport has their rating and ranking sites that coaches use and players use to figure out how they match up Against college players and how they are in the junior uh, ratings and rankings and stats to understand, you know, are you a, a top 10, top 20? Are you a five star blue chip recruit or not? And then aligning yourself up with where those players go. There's tons of data out there that's going to show you where a player is going. And so if you're a three star, for example, well, where are the three stars going? You know, if you're a four star, where are they going? And then filtering out a search based on your preferences is going to help you tremendously. So don't target the wrong schools, because not only are you going to be wasting time, you're gonna get I'll say. disappointed uh, when you should be excited to go to the schools that are a match, and you're not gonna get much response from these college coaches. And if you do, it's gonna be, a, we're full, we don't have a spot for you. So it's important to, uh, to, to make sure that you don't make that mistake and take you know spend so many much time going after those schools then being late on the other side of going after the schools that you should have been targeting while all the other players have eaten up all those scholarships or taken those roster spots right it's
1: a good point you make there
0: yeah so i mean those are these are some of the common recruiting mistakes that john and i came up with that we thought um you know we could share with you guys there's definitely more out there as well we have tons of education so we're trying to just make sure you guys are highlighting at least the most important ones as you get started or as you're going through the process and we hope that it's been educational maybe we'll have a part two of this yeah you got anything else to add no i'm good awesome okay so that concludes episode nine see you guys next time happy recruiting everyone